think it's very, very important to create, create awareness around this whole subject, and not probably only about gender, but also about diversity. Um, this afternoon will be hosted by the one and only Debbie Zimmerman. Please step forward. <laughs> Amazing job! It's very, very hard working, and uh, well, I'll hand you the mic, Debbie. Thank you. I'm sorry I have to leave because I have to announce some films in Finland, but uh, I'll see you. I'll see you at the drinks here after. Enjoy the conversation and make it a good debate. Thank you.
So these are like really, I think, incredible examples of what we can do if we really set our minds to it. And just in case anybody needs to know why it's important, um, there's this myth that women are much more equal in the documentary field. And as Don Porter, the filmmaker trapped in Gideon's army, said at the IDA conference two years ago, um, better than horrible is still horrible. And we know that the statistics for women in fiction are absolutely horrendous. However, just a couple of, of statistics um, that I can share with you, which is that um, only 10% of the Academy Award winners in the last 20 years have been women. That's two. Zana Brisky, who made Born to Brothels, and Laura Quatras for Citizen Four. U.S. festivals showed two times as many documentaries by men as they did by women. Um, there's been an increase in the number of women percentage in the U.S. from 23% to 28%. And this is not about pointing any fingers, but I can tell you in preparation, we did a little bit of research on international documentary festivals. Um, and the low was something under 20%. Um, the high was Claire Aguilar at Sheffield, who showed 88% of women, but that's an extraordinary number. Um, and uh, the average was someplace between 30 and 40%, um, which is not terrible, but it still isn't good. And when you add to that the fact that of those films, that are made by women, very few of them actually are about women. That's a really big issue. I've been lucky enough to be on the, on the juries of about five documentary festivals in the last year. And I can say, unfortunately, including this one, um, in the main competition, there is a dearth of films showing that are by and about women, or even about women. So the experience is one of not seeing yourself on screen, not seeing your life portrayed, not seeing or feeling that you can really in some way relate to what's happening. It's really not a good feeling um, as an audience member. I can tell you that just from this most recent experience that I've had. But that's the bad news. The good news is, is that there are great things that are happening. And I want to bring my two colleagues up here to talk about what they've been doing and then open it up to everyone for us to just talk about it a little bit. And then we can have drinks. <laughs> so um, Raul Nino Zambrano. Or, and the others are getting above or below. 
Um, but still, indeed, in those 60 40, if you make a, a big average, and especially for competitions, is at the end between 60 for male and uh, 40 for uh, female directors. Um, something that um, when I see this in a kind of a pattern, uh, what I see is that, especially first period and student, which has been kind of aligned, and we're also in our first. Uh, when I did all this uh, data visualization for 10 years, is that indeed you see there really an in increase. So that, is, that gives really a lot of hope that these are, these are the field directors that will suddenly in a couple of years be in the midlife competition or in the future life competition. And of course the masters of the future. That's still always a big, big thing that they, they are not, um, not that many women that have an that we can actually put it on, consider as masters, for example. That's, uh, again, what, what is always what, what I like, and, and I think that's that's the point to you know start watching your your numbers first. That, that's also always the best start, and then you know taking some decisions. Indeed. I mean, we cannot change that. Uh, I mean, we have a fund as well, but we cannot change what we get. But at least we can really make sure that we are the ones making everything like. Uh, the best as possible. In things, even these small things like having the jury is always 50 or 50 percent. You know, that was something that we were not even thinking about it. And suddenly when I, when I was taking a look at the data, then you realize why? You know, there's no reason to not have always. And now also because we're working in commissions for the competitions, we are always have two women and two, it's four people, two women. The screeners. Yeah. Yeah, that was the big thing that I remember hearing last year is that Having looked at the numbers the year before, you were really surprised, and you changed your process—not your process, but who was on the committees that were looking at the films that were that were recommending and programming. Exactly, exactly. And that, these are kind of small things, but of course very important. I mean, why shouldn't do that? And we are we're really encouraging people to watch for us for films. It's, it's just to make a list, so, so easy can 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 be as well. Yeah, I think that's so important because you know. That, and we had this whole debate about what the title of this was, of this kind of presentation talk was going to be. And I came up with where the girls are or aren't. I don't know if there's any Americans here, but it's an old, old song. Where the girls are, where the boys are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> where the girls are or aren't. And one of the things that, that we saw when we were looking is that, you know, unfortunately, there aren't as many women programmers as there are men. And we don't want you guys to leave your jobs because we know you like your jobs and it's great to have you. But it is really important to somehow bring other perspectives in, in terms of, of programming. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Great. Go to Shane and then we'll open we'll mm -hmm. it up. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. And uh, hot dogs. Uh, I'm lucky to work with uh, a group of. Uh, strong female programmers. Nine of my programmers are women, six are men. So women outnumber the men, which is great, the way I like it. Um, uh, Numbers-wise, we are, we, sometimes I used to consider us, you know, we're downstream, we're receiving the work. We're not, you know, can't have too much impact on the work that's made, but I think we can. Um, and what I'm starting to do is really just talk to sales agents and distributors when they're pitching me their films and saying, where are the films by women? Let's start there. What do you got? And some of them are like, oh, oh, hang on. Oh, oh there's one. Oh, that one's a bound woman. I'm like, yeah, not, no, no. 
not not good enough. But but I think if why we start, sorry, I'm going to interrupt and say why not good enough. All the films about women directed by men. That's not that's not what I'm looking for. When I'm you know when I'm wanting female stories, I'm wanting them told by women because there's an authenticity of perspective that I think uh, females telling stories about women women's issues bring to the to the film. And that's just my, my feeling, and I think that it's borne out in the work a lot of the time. And you know, men have been telling everyone's stories forever. So let's have other people, tell, people tell their own stories. This also relates to a lot of the conversations we have about indigenous work, particularly in Canada, where it's a very sensitive, contentious topic right now. And there's great levels of awareness in terms of who's telling indigenous stories. So it's happening at, at many levels. And, and you know, we work with an indigenous consultant at Hot Docs who looks at the films about those issues for us and, and gives us the, uh, her perspective for feedback. So actually counting her, that's 10 women. Um, <laughs> what the numbers at, at Hot Docs are around 40% of the films in the festival. And I inherited uh, that benchmark from Charlotte Cook, the previous uh, director of programming, and I was happy to inherit that, that unofficial benchmark. But it's something that we factor into the process from the beginning. You know, the, the, the programming team is aware and sensitive to that and is looking uh, for female stories, particularly from marginalized countries where we don't A, see many films, let alone see many films uh, directed by women. So we're looking for that, but a third of the submissions we get are, are by women. Right oh, now, yeah, around a third, maybe slightly over that, including mm -hmm. co-directing, <coughs> a lot of male-female co-directing, uh, co-directing documentary. So, so, you know, we are, we're, bringing up percentage-wise more into the festival than we're actually seeing submitted. But it's also good work. Ultimately, we're all looking for good work, you know, interesting stories well told. Um, and I think you know, upstream-wise, because we have funds as well that we administer, the, the team has been very aware of, of uh, the issues in terms of gender imbalance. And more than 60% of the funds that we administer go to female directors. And that's not a quota, that's just uh, you know, a conscious decision to look at the projects through that lens and to work on uh, helping bring up the, the next uh, generation of female storytellers. Same with the forum, Dorota's here looking for projects and pitches with over 60% female um, directors selected for the forum this year. So we're working on it from a variety of perspectives, including, you know, making it a priority so that we can communicate it's a priority to our constituents our sponsors, our funders, but our sales agents, our distributors, you know, if they see an opportunity to get their work in by bringing more female-directed work to us, then we will see more female-directed work. They'll seek it out, they'll, we'll show it, they'll sell it, and you know, all boats will, will rise. So, you know, something that I hear, and I have to say, I had the experience once, and I know that, that this, this really shocked me, and I'm going to tell the story in Ali because she's not here. But um, I was in a hotel room with her. I think it was at Hot Docs, and she was watching films for Itva. And she'd always told me that she didn't look at the name of the person making the film. And I can actually testify to that. She didn't. She didn't look at the credits. Um, but it is hard to not. But what's what's wrong with I just show? And I hear this all the time. I show the best films, and it doesn't matter to me that it's about men or women or by men or women or. Any, anybody. <coughs> no, the, the, it's, it's funny. The, the, this is the common question that we always get. Um, we are looking, I think the basis is that we are still looking for the best cinematic and 
creative documentaries out there. And I agree with Ali, for example. I, I also am not aware of, I, I just put the film, I want to be as uh, balanced as possible so that I don't get, uh, I don't see the, you know, the like even who's a producer. So there are, there are things that can, if you read it beforehand, that can actually make some noise in your head. So in principle, that's why like Ali does. And I also, most of the times I'm not watching who, who made the film. Um, the thing is that uh, uh, what it has become by us, for example, because now we are in these commissions, and then you have these different voices talking with arguments about the films, is that finally we get at that moment when we see it's a good film, they go like into the next phase, and that's a moment when everything counts, no? and then we start counting, oh yeah, there's a column now, gender, there's a column now that is nationality, where, where's the country of production? And these are the things that we didn't have a couple of years ago. So it's this awareness that it doesn't mean that it, we will for sure make it 50-50, but at, that at this, especially at this last phase when we are really deciding, because at the end we have only 15 uh, places, we get more than 3,000, same like you guys, and we have to make a program of 300, so only 10% will make it anyways. So we, what we want is that in what we see for, for itself, especially for each competition is different, <coughs> but it's not only that, that we try to get balance in gender and nationalities, but it has to pass also in kind of a vision. And this is, you are sending a signal of what is nowadays what we think are the best debut filmmakers. So, so, so also for each competition, I can tell you, the students as well, well these are the guys who actually I'm really looking forward for his of her first feature film, of Midland film. Yeah, yeah, similarly, nothing much to add, except that our business is subjective, and uh, being aware of gender uh, as part of our subjective screening process is not necessarily a bad thing. In the same way that we're aware of countries and diversity, we're always looking for, we're counting the countries every year. So yeah, like you, we're, we're looking at the submissions Old and blind, and of course we'll see who's involved in the project. But you know they'll move up to the next phase where everything counts, everything matters. But the baseline is the best work, and fortunately there's a lot of very good work out there being made by both male and female directors. Um, Sean, I was amazed when you showed me one of the statistics from Hot Dogs, um, and you said that showing films by women is good business. <laughs> and the baseline, it is. My audience is 66% women, 34% men. Now they come to a variety of films, but at a baseline, they're buying tickets to the festival. So why would I not you know, show more films that may speak to them in interesting ways? You know, same for cultural diversity. I'm looking at the cultural makeup of Toronto, the communities that come out for work and, and uh, come and support their country's films. But yeah, it's basically good business. And I think trying to translate that into discussions with sales agents, distributors, you know, to speak their language, um, <laughs> to help them get where you know, we all might want to go, you, know, you have, to, have to try and communicate with them in a way that makes sense to them too. You, only, you, just, you just have to shut films from women make movies, and you have no problem. No, but it is this notion, I'll, I'll never forget, I was sitting and talking to a broadcaster, and, um, in Australia, and she told me, well, we skew male. And I was the first time that I heard this, this 
phrase, this concept, we, our audiences skew male. And I thought, well, how are they ever going to change if they keep on programming for men because they say that, that their audience is men? So mm -hmm. I thought that was really fascinating. And because I, women will watch male stories because they've been conditioned yes. to. That's what they've been shown and told to yeah. watch and offered. So, you know, you're not programming for when you say you're skewing male, you're skewing male because they make the loudest noise or they're worth the most money or whatever data you have that makes them more valuable than women. And women are, you know, have had to come along for the ride. But yeah. change the perspective, change the focus and, and see what business results you can get. Take a chance. Yeah, I've 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 been told that women are special interest. That's you know by funders. <laughs> that yeah, that you know we couldn't give that project money because it was seen as a special interest role. That women's stories are not universal stories. Women's stories are universal stories. It's very interesting, but it, this is real. This is a very, very real thing. You know, I think the other thing that is part of, again, part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is I feel like this is so within our grasp. There are so many things that aren't within our grasp. You know, we can't change Hollywood. You know, it's gonna take a lot more to change Hollywood. The speaking parts for women in Hollywood films, 28% of the roles are women, of the speaking parts are women, which means that women are only speaking one quarter of the time. You know, But we're in the documentary world, and I think that we pride ourselves on being a documentary. Alan always talks about the documentary family. And I think that we pride ourselves on being about social justice and giving voice to people that don't generally have a voice. So. It's, yeah. Please. I, I would like to offer a different interpretation of the situation. I think that the... Why don't you tell us who you are? Okay, Ole Amut, I'm from Israel, I'm running corporate information marketing foundation. I think that usually they, they distributors usually distinguish between small stories and big stories. And what they describe as big stories that have to do with a, a collective memory. And collective memories are wars, politics, you know, things that everybody knows. And maybe that's why in documentaries, maybe in the future it's different. The big stories are more dominant than the small stories, you know, uh, stories about love, about uh, family, or personal stories that the author language uh, decides if it's good enough for a festival or not. And maybe this is the reason why there are less uh, uh, films about women and more about the strong uh, drama, which is usually like, you know, like uh, soldiers. Uh, you can see in, in the catalog of ITVA, you can see the, you know, the films that are in the industry screenings. But you know, but that, that kind of drives me a little bit nuts, frankly, because, you know, when I think about war, I think about war now and over the last two decades. And war is fought in villages and it's fought in people's homes, and refugees are yes. mostly women. Yes. They're not mostly men, they're women and children. Right. So why, why is it that the big stories are the ones about the men soldiers or the men refugees? Or, I don't know, I mean that's just, it, to me it's just yet another reflection of, of, of sexism. It is, but it may be also a fashion of bonton, you know, because before, you know, when you show the film about China, you said it, it's not interesting enough for us, and now all Asia topics 
but actually became more interesting. So it's also more tonal, you know, of this what are other What do other people think? I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to set it up as a, yeah. as what, you, you were going to say something? Yeah, I mean, it's a slight, it's a slight topic change, but to move away, um, my name is Bridget, I work for Doc Leipzig in Germany, and I've been thinking a lot about this subject, I guess, for the last two and a half years, including entering partnerships with people to do statistical studies, because I think it's much an easier position to come from when you're arguing for equality if you actually have some numbers to back you up. And um, so one of um, the arguments when we had a gender equality issue really come to light a year ago when we realized we had a national competition with no female directors included. And for me, it was really important that filmmakers didn't get the impression that we were actively not programming women because that couldn't be further away from the case. We also have a female festival director and female head of industry and female head programmer. So we're definitely not trying to work against our um, sisters or gender non-conforming um, um, professionals in the industry at all. But um, one, of the, one of the arguments that you can make is as a programmer, you can only, um, can only um, program retroactively, I suppose. You can only work with the films that are submitted to you. And you can only program the films that have been, especially in, in a market like Germany, financed by funders and gatekeepers. And you can only finance, and those films can only be financed by people who are educated. And those films, you know, and so that there is like a whole chain, I guess, that we all belong to. And so what I've really been trying to do is actively be involved in all steps of the chain. So that means that you have to actually talk to partners who might on paper appear to be perhaps the enemy in some senses and really make them your friends. And as soon as like, we started actually opening up our conversations and, and, and um, established a level of transparency between the different players in the chain, then we noticed immediate results. Because, for example, we know that there's actually a higher graduation level of um, film professionals from film schools in Germany that are female. I know from my market that I get more than or about 60% submissions from women for the co-production market, and I know that we select 50-50% of projects. But I know when we get to actually programming the films, it was like 25% to 75%. And so clearly there's, a, clearly there's a breakdown somewhere in like the chain. And so you really have to take responsibility, if, especially if your um, festival is supported by national governments, to make sure that the other, other governmental players in the chain are playing ball. Um, thank you, that's so, it's, really, it's really interesting. I think that everybody has, everybody has that sense, and it's true. Every statistic I've ever seen is that, um, it's not in film schools. Film schools are 50-50, or sometimes even more yeah, exactly. But there is, there is definitely a drop-off, and that's some of the things that we talked about and last it's not year about, subjects. about why. It's not about the subjects of films. I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes politically. It can be part of it, but it's also it's about the whole <coughs> thinking big picture and not getting stuck in a detail. I Actually, I can give you another statistic that we found when we looked at funding um, in the US. And we looked at the major funders of, of documentaries. Um, and what we found was that women making films about women got the least amount of money. And men making films about men got the most amount of money. <laughs> but what was really interesting was that films by women about men got more money than films by men about women. <laughs> so I think the subject is sometimes really important. <laughs> sometimes not, but sometimes yes. I'm from Estonia. My name is Mark Sozer. I'm running <coughs> in Garden Research this time. It happens this summer. If we want to follow uh, or to achieve uh, 
ideal balance, and we must follow Swedish uh, government. They have, uh, I don't remember, eight or ten women and eight or ten men, and always it's like that. It's absolutely, it's uh, according rules already. But uh, mm, your discussion raised me uh, a question to you. Who is, uh, who can be proud uh, for achievement in the United States, or whose fault is that? Women's or men's fault? What happened uh, in elections, please? <laughs> oh, I don't think you really want to start. <laughs> I really don't. And you know what? I don't think, I don't think it's about fault. I mean, I'm, I, achievement. Achievement or fault. It's not about that. It's really about strategy. That's that's the way that I see it. You know, it's about it's about number one. If you ask me, it's about not being afraid to look because the numbers are important, and sometimes the numbers yeah. tell you a story that you don't necessarily want to see. Yeah. But it's important to start there. So I completely, I'm sorry, for Bridget? Yeah. I completely agree. Um, I think looking at who's choosing the films is really, really important, as well as where are you getting the films from? Mm. And who are the distributors and the sales agents? Although many of them are women, what are they, sh what are they sending you? And, and ask them to see more films. Um, I think it's about wanting to achieve a kind of balance in terms of perspectives. And it is definitely about diversity as well as it's about gender. Um, but I think that it's very important to not make, make women carry a double burden, which oftentimes they do, because it's like, oh, we need some people of color and we need women, so let's get a woman of color, and she's gonna fit two little checkoff boxes, or you know, a queer guy so, you know, is like, he's, he's not exactly white man, so okay, we can put him into the category of the other, you know, which is true, but it's not exactly the same as another, as another kind of diversity. That's, that, that's my box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, Anna Cerna has done a great job in starting uh, a movement in a way, or drawing attention to it, the winds of change are blowing. Today, especially, they messed up my hair. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's had an impact in Canada. She's been to Canada. She spoke with the government agencies there. The <coughs> on board in March announced that they're going to have gender parity in all of their funding for all of their strength moving forward, and that includes VR and interactive, <coughs> which is generally yes. skewing male. Yeah. They're you know, they're walking the talk now. And then Telefilm Canada announced last week that they will have gender parity in all their feature film funding programs by. They don't, they don't support too many documentaries. So it's happening, and you know, Hot Dogs has been there from the beginning, and we will continue to support that. But we're seeing it happen upstream in a way that's going to benefit us all, uh, hopefully, in the future. Yeah, I think so. Somebody else had their hand up over here. No? Any other comments, questions, concerns? Tell me I'm full of shit. You don't want to hear this, you want to get to the drinks. I'm from the encounter of cis women in South Just a question around, you, you spoke about special interests, about how women's filmmaking can become like that. If, as programs, if we do a kind of focus on uh, women in film, do we perpetuate that notion of special interest? And, That's I mean, such a great question. This, this year was my first year directing the festival, and um, I think I did pretty well with the numbers. I think it's around 50, 50 45%. Uh, not, not in competition. I mean, there was this option for me to, to do that, to kind of highlight the, 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 the 
female formulators of the program, I chose not to do it. Um, to do a you chose not to do a special program. Not to, not to do a special yeah. focus, because yeah, yeah. I thought actually it, it yeah. should be the norm. Yeah, I, I'll just, I think that's, it's really important to talk about that. And there are many women filmmakers that I've heard say, I don't want to be in a women's film <laughs> festival. I don't want to be ghettoized, and I totally understand that. Um, I always tell this story, and many, many of you here will know the filmmaker's name, so I don't know if I'll mention the filmmaker's name. Um, but it was a very well-known German filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, who said to me, you know, he honestly, he said this to me, he said, you know, I, I have to tell you, I think you're great, but what you do is such bullshit. <laughs> okay? He said, yeah, you know, if women made good films, then they, would, uh, they wouldn't need women's film festivals, and if gay people made good films, they wouldn't need queer film festivals. And I said, that's so interesting, Tomas, oh, I said his name. Um, <laughs> interesting, because, you know, if you were a really good filmmaker, maybe you would need a documentary film festival. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that we have documentary festivals because documentaries got short shrift in international festivals, and because we wanted to call attention to the important work that documentary filmmakers were doing. I think it's great to do a special program, but I think it's, it's also really important to make sure that you're not pulling those films out of the main program to put into a special program, because then you are kind of just making the, the problem worse. Um, so that's my response, but I'd love to hear from any of you who've thought about doing a, a women's program and haven't. Jennifer, you're here observing because you don't run a film festival. But go ahead, sure, go ahead. Well, we made an exception because press was not invited. Jennifer's here from, from the press, though. Go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to mention that we, I'm with the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, and we give awards. That's, and we boost women's film by giving awards. And we give awards at, at festivals. We're giving one here. But we also give awards at the end of the year. And we have three categories of awards. We have the awards that um, are presented to every category that the Oscars presents. And then we have female focus awards that does those same categories, but only um, for women working in the field. And those women are also eligible for the best of. So it's not, they're not restricted to the female focus. And then we have, um, special categories that just make fun of what the categories are, such as the actress most in need of a new agent, because she's <laughs> taken a part that really demeans women. And we want to point out that this is not a good thing, that she's not supporting the cause. And that's all I wanted to say. That we, but we do have this same kind of problem about singling out women um, and we are, we're, we're not criticized for it, but people don't really understand, and even some of our members don't understand why that is necessary. And it is at this time necessary. Perhaps we'll evolve to a day when it won't be necessary, but right now, it is. I just want to, just because we, <coughs> we do this work together with Jennifer, and it's kind of interesting, we have the same question about are we singling out, and you know, it's kind of, uncomfortable, but interestingly enough, we have so wonderful reactions for the filmmakers that were selected, and they are, they are parts, they are getting an award, mm. and they were asking immediately for the laurels, and yes. so, so it was like, okay, so then then we really have to keep it, you know, they were really, really proud to be in yeah. the competition. I got emails from filmmakers who said, wait, why is not my film one of the and then I was like, well, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Because then, then, then we really have to 
push it forward because I mean we believe in that yeah. and I don't see it as singling out it's more like it's part of, of, of the whole spectrum the whole genre that, that we are presenting to our international audience mm -hmm. uh, one, two, I want to, and, <coughs> yes. and please introduce yourself. I'm Plet, I'm from Trans Queen, Transgender Film Festival Amsterdam. I sometimes feel like I'm on a different planet, <laughs> here a little. Um, but we have uh, so many uh, submissions, like like we also have to select like 10%, so that's the amount of movies which are made just in this field, gender uh, non-conforming or trans interest. So, uh, only these figures alone uh, show that it's worse to have a festival or have your own special uh, event. Also, we cater for our community, which is, I think, uh, one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just wanted to mention it. I think it's, I think it's really important. One of the things that I say to women who have a problem with being in a women's film festival is I say, you know, and of course there's some women that don't want to be distributed by an organization of women <coughs> movies, and as far as I'm concerned, I just told you, please go right ahead, go go distribute with whoever you want then. But um, is that it's really if there's if there is a lack, there is a need. There's a need and there is an audience. And those festivals are, as you say, what I call constituency-based festivals. They don't play the same role as industry events in terms of filmmakers' careers. And they're incredibly important in terms of, of reaching audiences. What I think is difficult, frankly, and I'll just throw this out to you, and I don't know if there's anybody else here who runs a special, I can use the word special interest, <laughs> <laughs> um, a constituency festival, is when you compete for premieres with mm -hmm. industry events, mm -hmm. when premieres are very important for the filmmaker in terms of, of launching their film. Mm -hmm. You know, I also think it's not right when filmmakers turn their backs on the communities that have helped them to get to, to where they are. But I think it's another tension that, that we have in looking at the broad spectrum. You can have like a pre-premiere. Yeah, which works for everything. That, that really does work, I think. I think most of the festival people here would agree. Uh, yes, in the back. Um, I'll stand up so you can hear me. Um, my name is Oksana Sarkisova. I'm director of Brazil International Human Rights Documentary Film Festival in Budapest in Hungary. And um, I'm uh, following this discussion with kind of mixed feelings because on the one hand, if I look at our program already for years, we have in fact, uh, for quite a few years, most films are uh, made by women directors. A lot of films are made by um, about female subjects. We have the team which is primarily female. We have a lot of audience in Facebook um, who are uh, you know, female followers, and it's not because it's a special target in any way, but that's happened this way, and um, it's never been really an issue, this kind of gender equality, you know, if anything, we're looking, you know, to kind of diversify our team to make sure there is a healthy balance there. But uh, if I think why, why it is so, um, then I really agree with the uh, colleague from, La from Leipzig, we have to look for a broader picture. And that is primarily because documentary filmmaking, as opposed to fiction filmmaking, is considered to be a sort of second-hand genre, especially in Hungary and many of other Eastern European countries. The funding is really in fiction filmmaking, and the documentary filmmaking is something of a secondary importance. And that's why we have people who go there with a lot of dedication, with a lot of important story to tell, but actually it's not considered to be a kind of premier career path. So if you think about career path, 
then that's in, in fiction, then that's where the money is, then that's the, where the success is. And it doesn't, of course, diminish the importance of documentary filmmaking, but it still you know, poses the, the question of balance. And I think if we open it up to filmmaking in general, then the situation will be much more drastic than it is in the documentary filmmaking itself. So that's just absolutely true. It is, it is way worse in fiction filmmaking. All the statistics are there. But there is this myth, and, and I will just throw out that I think that you probably have such a wonderful female-focused program because you have so many female programmers that are, that are programmed. There is an absolute correlation, which is kind of natural. I mean, we are, it's, it's this expression that's become very important in the US lately, and it's called unconscious bias. It's that we're attracted to people that are like us, and we tend to hang out with people that are like us. We tend to um, call and look to the people that are like us for suggestions, whether it's for programming or funding or whatever it is. And it's, it becomes something which is called unconscious bias. Without thinking about it, you're involved with a community that is, in fact, already um, in some way different than the diversity of the world. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's important to look at that. And but I also think that we have to get rid of this myth because it is a myth. It isn't equal in documentary. It's got a long way to go. Um, and even if your festival is, and I'm so thrilled, I can tell you that you know across the board. Again, the statistics were from 2016. I don't think the U.S is that much worse than any place in the world. Yeah. Twice as many films by men were shown in, in film festivals. And that's a, a university-based study coming out of uh, UC San Diego, and Martha Lousy is the researcher that, uh, that did it. Michael, did you want to say something? Um, yeah, I just I've been, want to go back to the, the kind of like, the, the, we're showing the best films. It's all about the best films, and I don't feel that an evaluation of best is general, gender neutral. That that I think evaluation of anything comes from I think somebody's gender perspective. You know, and I've had those situations where I had to, you know, a film by a woman about women that I wasn't that crazy about. I had to hand it over to the women I worked with to program the festival and. They get to, they they decide because I I realize they're looking at it differently just because of gender and so but but I think I think people's notion of best isn't best is not a gender neutral concept um, because I've I've had experiences with the women I program with you know just differences in how we look. At and, and what what is what we each think is good, and, and it's hard to kind of really know, but you have to assume that there is a difference and then act on that. Michael Lustig from AFI. I just you know I think any of us that are over thirty five years old, probably or forty, went to film school and saw ninety percent films by men. And Maya Derrick. <laughs> you always saw my there, but you know, that, and that's what great filmmaking was. That's when I went to film school. You know, I saw Baidla, I saw Godard, I saw Bertolucci, I saw Rossellini, 
I saw Hitchcock, I saw Truffaut, you know, and I never saw, uh, well, not Claire Denis, um, Oh, I'm just farted, thank you. <laughs> Can you remember her name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, Bridget, you wanted to say something else? Uh, does it, do you, Maria, do you want to go first? <coughs> I do want, it's just um, a good first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm Maria from <coughs> Cinema de Mer in Paris. And <coughs> I'm the festival director and the selection committee. Actually, I have a third audience that is all the non so with it. And it's true what you said that. It, it, it comes naturally afterwards to have a certain perspective of film. I just want to do something, uh, and maybe it corresponds to what you were saying, which is um, what we see uh, compared to this gap between how movies are made in school and how many movies. Actually, uh, in the festival, we have a section which is first films, and in the first film, uh, there are much more female films. Yes that in the established filmmaker competition that is international. So the question is, is it changing, or is it just that when you're in a low-budget system, there are more women, and then when you go to that, I, I'm not sure I know the answer, but it's very interesting to see how much more women have uh, first films. We receive so many, much more films from female, and it's so hard to make an international competition. This year we had Trinina, uh, we had Ruth Beckerman and we had um, Alan Abdallah, but it's kind of complicated. Not always you have all established, established mm -hmm. female filmmakers. Why in the shorts and first film, and even in French, the situation is different? And so the question is, is it because things are changing or is it because it's a slow, uh, a slow budget? Thank you so much for your comment. And I also want to say that I have a lot of sympathy and understanding. If you're getting 30% of films by women and I'm saying to you, we want you to make it equal, mm -hmm. that's hard. The numbers don't even work there from the beginning. And I hate to say it, but I would venture to guess as somebody who's been looking at these numbers for a long time, mm -hmm. that if you look at IFA, unfortunately, the same is true for ITVA. There's always more women in first appearance. Always, always, always. And I, by the way, I think having a first appearance section is a great strategy. And it's one of those strategies that I would really think about if I really wanted to, to change my numbers because there are more women that are first time filmmakers. The problem is, and this is something that's documented, is getting women to make the second film is really, really hard. It's harder for, it's harder for them than men. And I think part of it is, is that they don't get, it's very, it's, it's too complicated for this conversation, yes. I think, because it is multi-layered, yeah. and it's everything from lack of childcare to family situations, yeah. to choices that you make, to the way that your film is received, to the fact that you don't get as much money, to the fact that when your film gets distributed, it doesn't get as much money put into the marketing. You know, it's on so many levels, but and you get a lot more rejection. Yeah, but I'm also wondering, because for example, even in established names, it's easier to find female in an artwork. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Female in? Artwork. Artwork. Natalie Woodkin, the US artist, she won Cinema de Mer, and she was in the Spanish, uh, I mean, was international competition. I got the feeling that since we are a festival which very much devoted also to research in language, when you go to art, video art and art, there are more females. And so I don't know why. I'm, I mean, it's, 
Well, I, can tell you, I can tell you that the Museum of Modern Art in New York has shown a lot more women artists because Agnes Gunn is the biggest patron of the museum, and she is a feminist, and basically told the curators that she wanted to see more programming with women artists. So I think that, that it sometimes comes from, comes from up high, but I also know that, look, the Guerrilla Girls started in the 1980s. You know, they were demonstrating outside of museums, saying, where are the women artists? So perhaps that's had an impact. They still are. Bridget, Bridget and Andrew, yes, they are. And then, oh, yes, one, two, three. But actually, like, this, this pool is on. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I come from, like, a medium to large size festival, which means you have a different infrastructure <coughs> that supports the work that we do. But I really, I think it's it's becoming increasingly more apparent to me also, like, if that is such a shining example of a festival that does this, that it's really important to take... Um, an interest in people's careers and become their ambassadors all over the globe. And that's not just about financial contribution to people's work, but also just purely pushing their names in conversations, introducing them at festivals when they're standing around by themselves. Like these kinds of um, actions, small actions you can take really are often the tools to people getting their second and third films made, unfortunately. Thank or you. fortunately. That's, that's great. Two very quick, quick comments, because then drinks are waiting. And I've just been told we have to wrap up. Did you want to say something, Andrea? Yep. Yep, go ahead. Very short. Um, just a comment because you mentioned that most uh, people above 40 only saw films by men. Um, this is just something I've been noticing with the Switch to Digital um, exhibition. Um, this is something that's happening right now again because all these films that have been saved and restored by women are basically gone from the public eye because most cinemas are not able to even project. 35, let alone 60 mil. Mm -hmm. And I think also as festivals, we really have to push because, uh, yes, it's great that MoMA is doing that and they still can, and the cinema that I work with can still do it, but most can't. And I've been asked to curate um, a series of film classics. <laughs> There's was one woman on the list that's available in German distribution that's Jane Campion with piano. <laughs> and what do you do with Ulrika Hattinger? Yeah, but that, they, she's not with the commercial distributors. Oh, okay. and, and many of the films are not and on DCP. Cinema can only play DCP. So I think also as festivals, we have to push with retrospective. And then, unfortunately, with our budgets, um, also make sure that DCPs are actually developed out of the 35. Um, because as much as you might hate digitalization, uh, we can't help it. We need to let go of 35 if we want these films to be seen in the future and be role models for other filmmakers and festival goers and festival people. And if there are films that you're interested in preserving, um, I can tell you that New York Women in Film Intelligence has a special fund for preserving women's films. And if you send me the names, I will pass them along. Yes. Yes, sure. Very optimistic, I think. I'm not. Well, I'm not the big expert in this topic, but because because um, before this meeting, I checked my uh, festival website, and you know, I was very uh, surprised because last four edition, one woman at my festival. One the films. Yes. One. Yes. Right. Only women, and uh, when I am looking for a Polish documentary, uh, this is the same. Uh, in the history, we have only. Men, yes, but now uh, directors and uh, many, many producers are, are women also. That's great. I can, uh, what, I'll just end on a positive note that statistically, 
actually women win more awards than they are percentage representation in the festival. So just go figure. <laughs> so thank you all for coming.